no, 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 Hey everybody, Norm over here, and I want to tell you about this week's episode with the great Kirk Fletcher and Smokey Hormel. These are two of the greatest guitar players and singers that I know, and I know you're going to enjoy this podcast. It's terrific, so please check us out, and the following week you can see it on the All Guitar Network. Welcome to Norm's Rare Guitars podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And you can check us out at this podcast place that you're listening to or one week following at the All Guitar Network. You can actually catch out the the video of this podcast. So uh, we're having fun here. Today I got two really special guests, really good friends of mine, old friends. In fact, all my friends are old these days. (laughs) I got the great Smokey Hormel. He's to my left, and he's playing a beautiful Super 400 from the 50s, and uh, just one of the all-time great players. And to my right, my buddy, Kirk Fletcher, who I love, and I love his playing, and these guys are my buddies, and can't get much better than this. Hey, here it is. And I just want to say, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen you, Smokey. You're, like, located in New York now, Yeah, right? I live in, in uh, New York State, and uh, I try to come back to L.A. as much as possible, but lately it's, it hasn't been a lot. <laughs> uh, there you go. Well, generally the weather is good here, except it's a little hot right now. Yeah, I'll say. So, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we're having fun anyhow because we're in an air-conditioned room, and I get to hear some great guitar playing. And, uh, you know, since I saw you, because, I mean, you were playing in L.A., and we were playing, you know, I had a band that was playing at the King King with my buddy King Cotton. Yeah, you were playing there, you yeah. know, and... Uh, there was a lot of cross-interbreeding uh, there uh, in absolutely. the early days of L.A., and uh, yeah, we used to, I used to see you play all the time, and vice versa. Top Jimmy. Oh, yeah, well, Top you know. Jimmy and the Rhythm Pigs, and yeah. Carlos Guitarlos, who's another one of our, uh, <laughs> our buddies, who's one of the all-time crazies who we love. And Carlos, you know, we do like these videos at the store, and every day Carlos calls and you know, ask me crazy questions. You know, how many latches does this case have? And just all kinds of stuff. Or he tells Michael Lemo, man, you know, quit using that looping machine thing that you do. You know, just, you know, he's like the critic of every day, you know. But we love him, and he is a character. And the people, we've done a million videos with, with Carlos' store. Carlos is a real deal. I mean, yeah, he yeah, really can sure. sing and play. And Man, that song he wrote, uh, when I was in the Blasters, we used to do one of his songs called Drinking Again. Uh-huh. Um, it's a heartbreaking country song. Song, you know. There you go. He's, wow. well, he's really uh, and he cat. was probably he was very truthful, <laughs> oh, yeah. Carlos. <laughs> of course. And his poor <laughs> wife Cheryl. Man, I, I tell you, I don't know what she does to put up with that guy. So where does where is he these days? He's still out here, and he's like in the Long Beach area. And oh, he comes cool. in, and you know, by uh, every happenstance, they walks through the door. As long and, as he's not like jumping up on stage with his guitar, like he used to just show up at my gigs and oh, really? take over. You know. Oh yeah. And once he you let him that. play, he was like. You know, you're not going to get him on stage. Well, and the good news with Carlos is that you really don't even need a PA system because his voice is so loud. Um, You know, he cuts over everything. And, uh, you know, my buddy Kirk has done so many other things, too. I mean, you know, he was out on tour with Joe Bonamassa with the Three Kings. And he's been doing all kinds of stuff. And he's living in Switzerland now. So, uh, you know, he's my European connection. (laughs) And it's it's kind of – it's this is fortuitous because – uh, we are we are all mutual friends of Larry Taylor's. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. poor Larry. He, he yeah, just, just passed, passed away. Uh, so bass player from Canned Heat, who was a friend of all of ours for 
30, 40 and, and years. And probably, more. as far as I'm concerned, one of the greatest blues guitar players that he was unsung blues, sung blues guitar player. Without a doubt. Really great. And, and he was also players. a student of the blues and R&B and, and all that. Yeah. You know, like the two of you guys. And, I mean, I'm kind of a student of it, but uh, you guys can actually play it. Well, Larry, like you talk about Carlos being the real deal, Larry definitely was the real deal. He, he ran away from home at 13. He was like... On the streets in L.A., he ended up joining Jerry Lee Lewis's band in 59 when he was a teenager. Wow. And then he was in all these great bands with uh, – he was part of like a rhythm section th that played in bars around L.A. before the Beatles. So when it was still sort of like surfer, stripper music, it was yeah. sort of connected. She's I knew his brother that. also, Mel, Mel yeah. who played with the Ventures. He yeah. was a drummer with the Ventures. So he was, wow. uh, was a musical family. And uh, we actually did actually a Ventures album cover in the middle of my store. We laid all these guitars out <laughs> in a circle. Or the album Mose Wrights. Or... It, it, it was uh, a lot of Mose Wrights and other stuff as well. And it was, it was for KTEL. And oh. <laughs> they said, you know, we'd like to shoot it on the floor of your KTEL. store. This is when we had like a 500-square-foot store. Took up the whole Wow. store basically but uh and larry and you know jerry mcgee also yeah um, i mean he's one of the greats uh, absolutely and, you know and he and larry and i forget the drummer's name bill i forgot his last name but uh they play with boys and hearts they ended up on the monkeys right larry used on to last always, train to clarksville yeah he used mm -hmm. to always say man you got that you know beck shit but i got last train to clarksville there you, thing, go. you know <laughs> <laughs> well but, yeah you he, guys know each other from a while back and all that. I know the Kirk, legend Kirk, of Smokey. Kirk is a little younger. Kirk of this group but, here. But Kirk and I are connected through Larry because Kirk played with the great Hollywood Fats band, which was oh, my, yeah. that oh, was my man. hero when I when I, I first started Fats, playing yeah. that music in the 80s. Fat, I, I never got to see him play, never actually met him. I, I came onto the scene right after he died, but we just worshipped at the temple of Hollywood fans. Oh, yeah. He was the authentic Kirk, deal. Kirk is the... Oh, my. Man, <laughs> I mean, just saying that name, like, for me, like, Hollywood fans and all the other guys from the L.A. area and me coming along as a kid, you know, like... Looking up to everybody, Larry and Fats and Al Blake, who's, you know, that's like my spiritual dad, you know. It's like... <laughs> You know, all those guys, the whole Fats band, I mean, really took me under their wing. And I, Junior Watson, too, of course. Oh, and Rick yeah. Holmes, you know. I actually yeah, played yeah. with James Harmon and Junior for a brief time. Oh, a yeah? couple albums, you know, yeah. a couple cuts. I mean, you know, by playing cool. one note B3, I mean, it's like the worst that's B3 cool. player. Hey, that's all you but need. But I stayed out of the way. Right note. One yeah. note, and I got the Leslie switch. So <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that's cool. To do that, you know, so it was, uh, you know, it was like the poor man's Booker T. It's like Al Cooper on that Dylan yeah. Yeah, you know, it like, played the right more. stuff, you know. So, yeah, he was a guitar player, and yeah. he just ended up there. So, I, well, yeah. they said, "Who plays organ?" And Al kind of raised his hand and said, <laughs> "I do." So and I don't think he even no, he ever played yeah. a B three awesome. before. But it was just like you know, it, the, the problem is, is like when you get offered a gig or any opportunity comes around, if you don't go, when they say, "Do you?" If you don't go, <laughs> "Yes," the next guy does it. So you better step up and and jump to the occasion. I got a great story about that and about Dylan. So Bob Dylan was in Minnesota. X was on tour, and his son was a big X fan and brought his dad to see the band. Uh -huh. So they go backstage afterwards. And and uh, you were with... I wasn't I wasn't there, X, but... but you played with... Um, uh, John Doe, John I'm good Doe. friends. He's, yeah. He told me this story, so this is third hand, but apparently Bob turned to Billy and said, Hey, Billy, do you ever play on other people's records? And Billy just turned to him and said, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's where, like, that's the awesome, opportunity's yeah. there... Nope, yeah, he didn't. Nope. <laughs> he yeah, didn't well, that's awesome. <laughs> Billy Rule. Yeah. Oh, man. He could have been on a Dylan record. <laughs> oh, man. Well, <laughs> you know, you got to you gotta step up when the opportunity arises. <laughs> no. But, but speaking of opportunities, let me just tell you some of the things that my buddy Smokey has done since I've seen him. You played with Adele. Oh, yeah. You played with Beck. Yes. R.L. Burnside. The great Johnny Cash. Yeah. Sibo <laughs> Matto, Neil Diamond, John Doe, the Dixie Chicks. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I'm not done. You know, hold on. Um, Steve Earle, 
Los Fabulous Cadillacs. Oh, great guys. Josh Groban. Now that's out of your uh, thing, but you know you're a musician, so Actually, you can play. That Josh Groban session was one of the coolest because it was just him and I and Spooner Oldham. Ooh, oh man! man. Uh, and it was he didn't tell us it was his thirtieth birthday. He was in the studio, and uh, so it was just me and Spooner. It was the song he wrote, and uh, Spooner was on organ. Josh was playing piano, and it was really it was a great session, really beautiful. Speaking of Spooner Oldham, uh, you know he and Dan Penn wrote some fantastic tunes. Dark End uh, of the Street, yeah. one of my yeah. favorites. James Carr, James right? Carr, yeah. 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 Um, and you know, and we're still going. So uh, Marianne <laughs> Faithful, yeah. Wanda Jackson, wow, yeah. Mick Jagger. Katie Lang, Sean Lennon, Jennifer Nettles, Beth Orton, Kid Rock, Joe Strummer, Justin Timberlake, Rufus Wainwright, and Tom Waits. And these are just Tom some Waits. of this stuff. So, I mean, what happened, What do you man? want to hear about? Uh, well, get started here. Tell who's us. Your, I'm who's listening. your favorite on that list? Well, there's mind? a lot of my favorites yeah. on that list. And, you know. Should we really, start with Johnny Cash? Cause yeah, because he's such a legend. That so. was sort of what we were, we were talking about before we got on camera. Um, one of my favorite things I've ever done that I just recently rediscovered. Because what happens a lot of time, you get into these sessions and you do it and then you leave and you never hear the results. No producer is going to share it with you until it comes out, and sometimes it doesn't come out. So I, we, when uh, Johnny Cash first signed to American and Rick Rubin was trying to figure out what to do with them, so he was throwing them in with all these different groups he had on his label, and he had just signed the Red Devils, the band from the King oh, King. Yeah. And I had quit them, but I was still sort of part of that world, so they called me in for the session. And um, so uh, it was like 93 Johnny was he still had a pretty strong voice his health hadn't really done the work yet. um so anyway he uh he didn't know what to do so he just threw out some songs and one of them was T for Texas and uh -huh. I was really into the Sun Records compilation that had Bearcat Blues by Rufus Thomas oh yeah know? Rufus and, was and, a famous disc jockey by the way yeah in Memphis yeah. yeah who who Johnny was Cash one of my list, favorite singers yeah it was one of Johnny Cash's influences because he listened to they all listened Arnie's, to that yeah. station so uh anyway bearcat blues is a killer record i forget who the guitar player i think it's willie johnson but it's one of those really raw blues records and um so he wanted to do t for texas and it was myself lester butlin but butler <laughs> bill bateman and johnny ray bartell and so we just did it as country blues as we possibly could and it has this crazy harp lester's playing this really great harp and i'm trying to play that raw stuff and you know we did it it felt great johnny sang his butt off never heard it again and then he died like 10 years later and they put it out mm -hmm. and i finally got to hear it and but lester had passed away in before then yeah. lester butler was a great harmonica player who was friends with hollywood fats and mm -hmm. had a famous band in town mm -hmm. anyway so look it up johnny cash t for texas it's a real killer and lester blow is really great everyone's playing at the top of their game and wow. it's like the closest i've heard johnny cash in recent like years him. to a blues record mm -hmm. you know it's yeah. it's really he made a we made a blues record for him well it's all roots i mean blues and and country is you know yeah americana man they're, it's they're wedded thing, yeah you know? so um you know and uh here, here's a couple of those, like marianne faithful oh she was she's the best like she's such a character you know and okay i mean she's great talent and just this regal Per, she's a legitimate rock and roll legend, you know, so you're in her presence and it's just like, I can't believe it's her. <laughs> yeah. um, but I did this gig with her and, and I knew she knew Hendrix. So I was asking her about Hendrix and she was blushing and telling me how like Mick used to get so jealous whenever Jimmy would come around because uh -huh. he was flirting with her. And then uh, so we gotten a little wasted after the we did this taping you <laughs> well <laughs> we drank rude. it was it was a french tv show and the host was buying dinner so of course marianne bought just the best wines and you know so at the end of the night she calls me in my room she says smoky turn on channel four and so i turn it on and it's this hendrix 
documentary and you see him play. She's like, look at his hands. Look at his hands. <laughs> wow. And that's the last conversation I had with him. That's cool. <laughs> that's Very cool. That's so she's cool. still in love with him. <laughs> uh, and, and a little more. And then we're going to talk to Kirk in a minute, too. But I mean, oh, I, I, oh yeah, no, 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 no. You're not getting off the hook here, pal. And uh, Wanda Jackson, another one of the legends Amazing. of country music. Amazing, yeah, yeah. And that was a great uh, time. Larry Taylor was on that session. He was farting up a storm. Oh, but... <laughs> man. But Wanda was hilarious. She, Man, it was great because we did, you know, she they brought in a lot of different people to play on the record. So, like, Dave Alvin played on a song. Sure, uh, I know Poison Dave. Ivy played some great stuff on it. Uh-huh. And that was re- I was really happy she got in there. But it was myself, Stephen Hodges, and Larry Taylor. So I was just happy to be in that band. But when Wanda would, you know, I had to take a solo on this one song. And I didn't know she was going to do it. When we got to the solo, she gave that rebel yell, you know? Yeah. It's just like pushed me off the plank, you know? It's like sticking the knife, like, get in there. Wow. (laughs) It's really good. You know, she had that fire, and she was older than any of us. So, Wanda Jackson. Another legend. And then Mick Jagger, of course, you know. Well, that's another uh, Red Devils, Blue Shadows related thing because he was working with Rick Rubin at that time. And Rick had brought him to the King King. And, you know, the King King was packed with like, there were a lot of models who used to come because Johnny Ray had a lot of model friends and then, you know, musicians. So. Yeah, that used to happen to me when I played all (laughs) (laughs) But But when Mick walked in, well, not when he walked in because no one saw him, but when, you know, Rick got a, us to let him sit in. We were a blues band, and we knew all these Slim Harpo tunes and stuff that he knew. One of my so he, favorites. Yeah. He scratched my back. Exactly. So he just got on and was like one of the guys, and he knew all the tunes, and it was great. But seeing the women rush the stage, it was like, you know, any guys in front got pushed out of the way. <laughs> and you thought that was all for you, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, it was great. And and so that's how we, we ended up going in the studio like that with him. Um, he was making this record, Wandering Spirit, and he had his band, but they had a day off, and they just brought in the Red Devils. And we cut, like, a whole day of blues tunes, and it came out really good. Of course... Mick played it for Keith. Keith loved it, so Mick decided he wasn't going to put it out. <laughs> well, I think that was part of their relationship, right? I think you know, that's what uh, it was. They didn't want to give him too much. Uh, so unfortunately, too much credit, yeah, we yeah. we we impressed Keith. What about but, Tom Waits? <laughs> well, that's again yeah. through no. Larry, Larry Taylor got me on that gig, no. and because uh, he's been playing with Tom since the seventies, on and off, and uh, so yeah, the Tom. This was the uh, Mule. Get behind the mule. The I think the record's called Mule Variations. Variations. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Tom was looking for someone, and um, so yeah, I just I drove up there. I brought every instrument I had because mm-hmm. I just, you know, I I was friends with Hodges. I was friends with Larry Taylor, so I knew, you know, there was going to mm-hmm. be some room for experiments. So I have like some weird shit, like a Indonesian marimbas and just i just threw it all in my truck and drove up there you never know when you're going to need an indonesian marimba yeah it was hilarious and so i i you know i get up early in the morning and i set all my shit up in the studio i got like all this stuff and tom comes in and he's like he really just wants me to play it like Uh one part of guitar you know (laughs) and he's like looking at the stuff and sort of playing it like oh this is cool (laughs) you know what about my marimba (laughs) i did get to play this i have this bass this West African bass. It's like a Kora bass. It's called a Ngoni, Dusangoni. It's a cool instrument. Don Cherry used to play one. Uh-huh. It's really like magical. So I did end up playing that on a song. And uh, anyway, so he liked me and then asked me to do the tour. And that was a thrill because, you know, he doesn't tour and it was a, the one of the best shows you could ever, I've ever seen, let alone been part of. Because you know, it's his records are one thing, but on he's such a great front man. Like, well, he's a character. I mean, you know, that's yeah. kind of the thing with him. It's like all it all goes together. Yeah, and if you just if you let him, if you're like focused on him, and you just remember, it's not a. It's sort of like, you know, walking a tightrope. If if you look down, you're screwed. If you just keep looking at him, you're okay, and he'll lead you in the craziest directions. 
And he wants you to be totally off balance and feeling like you're out of control. That's his favorite thing. So you just have to trust him and go. You know, it took me a while to get get the idea of it because it's it was such a yeah. It was so out of my comfort zone. Um, and then I had Larry there. He likes there. a little anarchy. <laughs> yeah. We had yeah. Larry there. And then we had Larry there. And we did this one song called uh, Filipino Box Spring Hog. And every night, <laughs> Larry would take the guitar solo on it. I would, I think I, I can't remember. Yeah, I was playing just a guitar bass line. But man, you know, sometimes Tom would just stretch it out and let Larry go, you know. And oh, he would man. just, it was so great. It was just a one chord, like a, lightning hopkins kind of deal and, and we just break it down and larry would just solo away it was just but tom is like the closest anyone from our generation will get to like a howling wolf or muddy yeah. waters he's really he's really the like that you know that deep you know you know talking about anarchy i just thought i would bring this up and you mentioned bob dylan before i went to uh a thing where uh dylan was playing with tom petty and they were doing a rehearsal and they were rehearsing night after night after night. And um, they were, you know, like really going after all these little intricate parts to the tunes and stuff like that. And um, at the at the end of a little break that they took, you know, Ben Montench was there. And I said, wow, man, you know, you guys are really kind of getting really uh, into the nitty gritty there. He goes, you know, I don't get it because Bob, you know, he's going to tell tell us the keys in D and he's going to do it in F sharp, you know, just to kind of fuck with yeah. us, you know, and the arrangement's going to change. And sure enough, I saw the gig and it was complete different from what I was hearing in the rehearsal. And it was like, why are you going for all this intricate stuff if you're just going to change it up? But I think it was just, he just wanted them to think it was going to be one thing and then completely do another. Or or he may have actually just changed his mind in between the rehearsal and the gig, which I think that happened he does with, that Tom, with Tom a lot. Like he would be trying something at rehearsal, but if it didn't really do what he wanted, then he would just you know, that's his prerogative. He could just yeah. change his mind. Played for two weeks exactly the same way, and they go to rehearsal and just fuck everybody. Yeah, just change it. Just change it. Which is which is great. I mean, now I now I at the time it was really stressful, but now I understand it. You know, and I totally admire. Well, you got to be spontaneous. Yeah. So you know what? Um, I'm going to let you guys, because you guys are probably saying, Norm, you big bozo, why don't you shut up and let these guys play the tune that you were doing before. With the vocal, well, actually, that was really cool. yeah, you mentioned Tom. I, I, I could do one. Of, we could do one of his songs, and uh, Kirk, you could just solo on this. This would be a good one for it. Okay. Right. <laughs> are you in any particular key, or are you going to change the key? No, this is in G. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, but you can play along, Norm, if you want. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, play my kazoo. I lost everything I had in the 29 flood. The barn was buried neath a mile of mud. Now I ain't got nothing but the whistle and the steam. My baby's leaving town on the 219. I said, hey, hey, I don't know what to do. Hey, hey, I will remember you. Hey, hey, I don't know what to do. My baby's leaving town on the 219. I said, hey, hey, I don't know what to do, hey, hey, I will remember you, hey, hey, I don't know what to do, my baby's leaving town on the 219.
everybody, we're going to take a little break right now. We're going to come back. going to pause for the cause. We're going to be right back, so stick around. Thank you. Hey everybody, go to allguitarnetwork.com or go to the App Store and download the All Guitar Network. It's free and you get to see these podcasts for free the following week. The podcast will be on a Tuesday. The following Tuesday, you'll see the video at the All Guitar Network exclusively. I'm loving this. My buddy Smokey Hormel and the great Kirk Fletcher. Uh, these guys are killing it. And uh, Smokey, take that vocal like you were doing before, and we'll, we'll play it on, and then we'll start talking to Kirk a little bit. Well, it must be rabbit, because mink don't feel that way. Well, it must be rabbit, because mink don't feel that way. Talk that talk, I don't believe a word you say. I got great big shoulders and I'm built like a trailer truck. I got great big shoulders and I'm built like a trailer truck. Come on, ride with me, mama, and maybe I'll change your luck. I wanna go north, east, south. West, and which way as long as I'm moving, as long as I'm moving, as long as I'm moving, man, I just don't care. I play a Real deal. I love it. <laughs> so um, now I want to talk to you a little bit, Kirk, because oh. you are, uh, uh, you know, did they let you out? Or you I know, just, right? Uh, I don't know. Is it parole? It might be on parole. I don't know. <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, Kirk is one of the greatest players that I know, and he's like keeping the fire burning for all these young guys or younger guys that are into this stuff, and, um, you know, you're willing to share with all these people and tell people about all your influences and mm. that kind of stuff. He's going to have a show on the All Guitar Network. And um, awesome. I'm really excited about that. And I'm hoping that, Smokey, when you're out here, you know, you can do something for us. Sure. Maybe even back in New York, too. Sure. But Kirk has, um, I've been on these Joe Bonamassa blues cruises with Kirk and my buddy Josh Smith, who's another monster player who... Uh, do you know him? Too? I've heard of him. Oh, man, he's something else, man. He's really great. And, um, you know, it, it's really cool that, you know, on these blues cruises, he is ex he's exposed all these people who, um, you know, people come to see Joe, and then they hear these other people, and they fall in love with them, and mm -hmm. it helps everybody's career. Mm -hmm. And then you were out playing with Joe on the Three Kings tour. Yeah, I got to really back cool. up Joe. That's amazing because I, you know, doing my own thing, I don't get to play as much rhythm because I'm sort of the BB King kind of, you know, guy. <laughs> but like on that, you know, one of my favorite things is rhythm guitar, you know. So like to be able to go out and play a bunch of blues tunes that most of them I know and I can just have fun. I mean, that's ideal. And get better, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, you know, the the basis of the tune is in the rhythm. I mean, you know, I a lot of these kids, they learn all these tricks, and uh, but 
what are you playing over? You know, well, you got to you got to have that weave, you know, and that's what's missing. Like, I'm sure for Joe, it's great because you, you give him something to work against. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that like Jimmy Rogers and Muddy Waters, oh, that's, you know, it's like you want to have that weave. That's, yeah. that's what makes Tucker it. and Robert yeah. Jr. Yeah. Robert Lockwood Jr. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Robert Jr. Lockwood. I know. I thought it was <laughs> forever. And it was really? like, it's the other one. <laughs> I think so. I could be completely wrong. Though, cause I'm but like, yeah, it's it's always been a, a two guitar yeah. thing, really. So, that yeah. Interweaving is just, I love that so much. And even like, you know, like Betty Wright, Clean Up oh, Woman, you know, like both parts, you know, all that's that right. Stuff. Yeah. It's like it. Those parts know. just go together like, you know, hand in a glove. Yeah. And, you know, just killer, killer stuff. And you're living in Switzerland. Yeah, man, that is you know that you just said L.A. Sorry, see ya, bye. Well, you know, I fell in love, and it just happened to be with a girl that lives in Switzerland. She's Croatian, but she's lived in Switzerland her whole life, and you know, we fell in love. That's just how well, it is. And being a musician, you know, you gotta you can go where kinda, love is. Yeah. Love, love, love no. makes me do foolish. There it is. Hopefully, it isn't foolish yet. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the best reason to go. <laughs> well, you won't do for them. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and uh, you moved to New York, yeah. Stormy. You know, what was yeah. that? Uh, sorry, Smokey. Smokey. Yeah, that's okay. uh, sorry, Stormy. Uh, Smokey. Uh, but you were looking for the storms, apparently. Which yeah, yeah. You like oh, snow? It was, or it was, it was Stormy. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth, he always calls me Stormy. Oh, really? <laughs> he, uh, so maybe it was uh, another ruling <laughs> guitar player. Subliminal but, thing. But yeah, I mean, you know, I moved for love, so yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, so are you? Are so? Do you do like? Do you have a band that you tour with yeah, there my and play? Yeah, band is in the UK, and it's an organ trio kind of thing. Cool. But we just do whatever, you know. badass. The whole band Johnny is Henderson, really, Matt really Brown. cool. Wow. Yeah. So do you have a bass player, too, or is he? It just keeps bass. Awesome. Yeah. And you know, but we it. do all kinds of tunes, though. I mean, whatever, you know. Cool. Because like, I just love that sound. It's so, like, more simple. Yeah. You know, just I, yeah. I really like, you know, like, simple stuff, you know, like, I was all, I was even saying on the record on the liner notes like I love old country music you know like even it influenced my writing because it's so simple and direct and beautiful yeah know? it's like telling you exactly how you know I feel about this you know like excuse me I got someone to kill Johnny <laughs> Page, you know? I love that song. <laughs> Sorry, it's kind of weird, but anyway, but uh, yeah, you know it just. That's it, organ trio, you know. That's great. It's fun. And, you know, the thing is, when you're playing, you know, with a big band, you Mm -hmm. can't really, you know, kind of veer to the left too far because everybody's got an arrangement, you know, in their head, and you got too many people, but, you know, with three pieces like that. Yeah, you can have happy accidents. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, you know. And and there's a lot of great organ players out there, so if they can... If they can you really one, do if it. Yeah, they're good. One can follow you. <laughs> I, I saw Pat Martino a couple of years ago with an organ trio. Let me tell you, that was one of the loudest. I mean, I've been to a lot of. <laughs> speaking of Sonic Youth, I've seen yeah. a lot of loud yeah. bands. That was louder than any Sonic Youth show. Really? I don't know what the hell he was. What happened? But he's playing through a giant Marshall stack. <laughs> That's really? awesome. And I mean, he had amazing tone, but. It was crazy loud. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of the times, and you guys know this, when you're playing, you know, you're always at the mercy of the sound man, you know. Mm. And uh, I remember um, there was a club out here in Reseda called the Country Club. And, oh, yeah. Uh, they had a lot. Of, I mean, I saw James Brown there. I saw Junior Walker there. I saw so wow. many people there. But I, I saw, uh, I went there and I saw um, Albert King. And um, the sound man, <laughs> yeah, but the sound man was mixing the bass drum like he had been doing a lot of oh. disco bands or something <laughs> before, and the bass drum was going boom, boom, yeah, boom. And, I mean, it was like yeah. it was wrong, you know. And uh, you know, I could see that Albert was kind of uncomfortable, and that's the way it goes when you're playing. Sometimes you just got to smile and kind of go with it because you never know what you might be faced with when you get a the wrong sound man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a a tough thing, you know, like if. In a rock band that's making enough money where they have their own crew and stuff, it's one thing. But, like, I mean, even some of the ble- best blues artists, they can't afford to bring a sound person. They yeah. can't afford to bring a band. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, or their, their own gear, yeah. So 
So yeah, it's a real challenge. You know who deals with that really well is uh, Mavis Staples band. Yeah. Those guys. My buddy is with singing yeah. um, Donnie Gerard. Oh, Donnie. Mm. So you know great. Donnie? Yeah, I, oh, I yeah. was playing with Donnie for a while. Oh, what a great cool. story. Yeah. Cool. He, but, uh, you know, all those guys, Rick and Hodges and Jeff, yeah. you know, they're all part of the the old scene, but they know how to self-mix is right. what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's funny you brought him up. I, didn't, I hope I'm not cutting you off, but no. I was just um, thinking about Rick, actually, and one of the – we had played before Mavis. I can't remember the band, but anyway, make a long story short – I had like two amps, like two DeVilles, and like this thing trying to, you know, hear myself outdoors. Rick goes up there, he's got his reissue Blackface Deluxe propped up on a chair, and he had the most ginormous sound ever. Telecaster, Deluxe, and it was just, yep. you know, letting the sound do the work, you know, the system yeah. do the work, yep. and it was amazing. You know, uh, um, uh, there's a band around town here called the Dirty Knobs, and my buddy Jason oh, yeah. Sinead oh, is a yeah. great player, yeah. and it's Mike Campbell. Mike Campbell, And both yeah. of them use this setup where they use a Princeton Reverb and a Tweed Deluxe together. And then the other side is the exact same setup. And this is like small amplification. And, man, they both get, like, just such great sounds. So do they use uh, – so, in other words, it's a dry – one dry amp and yep. one reverb. Mm -hmm. Somehow or other, they got it rigged together – you know, you got like the, uh, the Prince has got a little smaller speaker, so it's a little mm -hmm. brighter, and um, they're both low powered. And then the Deluxe has a twelve, Just to give so it a little... yeah, give it a little more umph. And however they've got it rigged up, I mean, you know, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. it, it really sounds great. They both get such fabulous sounds, and they're in control of their sound. And you know, it's kind of you know. It, it, they get a mix up on stage, I'm sure, that they can deal with. And then I'm sure they use good sound people, but, mm. you know, they really sound good. And it's good to hear because you don't get your uh, eardrums blown out, you know. And yeah. there's a club in town here that you played at, right, at the write-off room. I never played there yet, but I <laughs> like it a lot. Where is it? It's the new spot. Have you heard about that? The write-off room. No, yeah. I, that's where the Dirty Knobs play. Well, they probably will be playing there, but check this out. This buddy of mine, Bill Lynch. Do you know? Oh Bill? yeah, Bill. Yeah. yeah. So Bill, I used to work with Juke Logan, who was a yeah, great player, and uh, Wurlitzer is no longer uh, with us. You know, he was a really uh, good player. Awesome and I played guy. with him for a number of years, and uh, you know, he's really great. But um, it, you know, it's funny because Bill was kind of like this kind of journeyman musician his whole life, and was making a living, but nothing, you know, big time. And he married this lady who was very wealthy, and they opened this club. And um, he pays the bands real well and takes no money back. The guy who runs the bar keeps the bar. And he's going to lose 250 to 500 grand a year. And that's why it's called the, the write-off write room. That's <laughs> genius. So he's like awesome. a patron of the arts. He's able wow. to do what he always wanted to do. And he can bring in the people. He's got people like Dean Parks playing there, George Deering. Okay, he's I've got heard Billy about Vera that's playing That's why I've there, heard about that because yeah. uh, Sebastian Steinberg, he was yeah, playing with oh, yeah. those guys. Yeah, he told it's, me about it. It's great. You know, oh, okay. so, and um, do you know James Cruz? You know, yeah, I played with James sure. Cruz. And, uh, <laughs> the shoeless crew. James. I that's call right. Him. Yeah. Great drummer. <laughs> he would a come in. He would, he would come in. With he'd have a have a, most of his drum kit in a golf bag. I mean, his cymbals and however he rigged it up. But it was like the most bare bones drum kit. But yeah. he always could what play the New Orleans stuff, yeah. backline stuff, and really, you know, um, you know, just really, really great drummer. And Dave Jackson, you know, Dave. Dave's another great, one. Another great bass player. Yeah. Great bass wow. player and a great singer. Have you ever heard him sing? Yeah. Yeah, he is He's great got a really low voice or super resonant. So every once in a while, wow. I give Dave a chance to sing. And it's really cool. So that's like the best kept secret in L.A. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be in L.A. and it's free. What what nights do those guys play? Um, you know? well, do they have a regular um, thing? They have like a Wednesday night. I know Teresa James plays there a lot. Uh -huh. And on Sundays, a lot of time, the Bone Daddies play there. Wow. <laughs> and on Thursdays, Bill Lynch plays with Mike Finnegan, who's cool. a great organ player. Great organ. Um, mm. You know, played with Jimi Hendrix and all these people. Yeah. The great bass player 
Abe Laboreal Sr. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and James Gadsden, the oh, drummer. So that's the James. Oh, that's James's yeah. The Watts Hundred and Third Street yeah. Band yeah, and uh, and Dyke and the I'm Blazers gonna, and all I that kind of stuff. I think I'm going to go this week. Actually, yes. Yeah. So I'm um, just telling you guys. You know, the problem with telling you people this is that you know you're not going to be able to get near the door one of these days because it's free and it's some great entertainment and uh, and he keeps it. At a very low volume level in there, he Good. you know he doesn't yeah. want anybody mm. to kind of blow people's ears mm-hmm. out. Yeah, and uh, cool. it's just a very cool. Cool setup and the sound is really good and it's it's good fun. So tell me some other stuff that you've been doing there, Kirk. Because I mean, you know that I heard the band that you have in England and uh, in Europe and they're great. And I heard them on the cruise and it was it was outstanding. But you're here. You were playing at the baked potato the other night. Yeah, uh, the other night I played at the baked potato with my old friends Travis Carlton, Luke Miller, and uh, Vince Fawcett, guys from L.A. Um, but really. What I'm trying to do is just become a, a artist more so, you know, just become a better singer, better guitar player, better songwriter, and all those things that, you know, the big boys. Well, you're you doing know. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it. So that's really where my head is and just listening to a lot of music. And, and you're, you're going to New York and you're going to play with Anton. So I'm going to play with Anton Fig in New York at the Iridium. We're going to have a good time. Fantastic. Gonna play in Japan. Do you know Anton? I I've met him. I don't I don't know him well, but <laughs> great he's drummer. great. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. And, going uh, to Japan and gonna play with the trio with Red Young on Oregon. I know Red. Red yeah, is great. Red, man. Is, Red great. is a fantastic yeah. musician. Great yeah. piano player. Great organ player. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I went up to Washington and Washington State mm-hmm. and went to a concert and it was. Uh, um, uh, the animals, the friend of mine said the animals mm-hmm. playing. I looked up there and it's Red Young. And Red is badass, man. That he is one of the greatest organ players. Yeah. Talk about B three guys, you know. Yeah. And Serious. just a great overall musician mm-hmm. all the way around. So, so I got that uh, going on and this I'm looking forward to it playing some more gigs in the States, you know, just yeah. really looking forward to that. Well, you're an international phenom now. Oh, man. I don't know about you know, all European that. guy and all that. <laughs> international I, record collector. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you uh, are you buying like you know slick suits and stuff like that? No. Being, are you like a European fashion? Icon no, that wouldn't be me. You know me. I, I, I'm like a t-shirt guy. I wear my Hawaiian shirts though now. Oh, there you go. I love my Hawaiian shirts. It's I like heard a, that's the big thing in Europe right now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the '70s. You know, Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's <laughs> just great fun hearing these guys. And um, I know you guys are saying, Norm, shut the frick up. <laughs> you know, can you guys just play something else here? We're going to do it right on the spot. Nothing that's worked out. I'm going to just throw you guys into the fire. Um, just, cool. just do something, you know. And uh, Smokey's playing this beautiful Super 400 yeah. with Alnico pickups. And... Uh, my buddy Kirk is playing a 52 telly. It's a player-grade telly, but it's really player-grade and sounds really player-grade in, in the best way. So uh, it's a black guard. And uh, so uh, so what can you guys uh, rig up for me right now? Oh, yeah. It's like I don't have any ideas, <laughs> but uh, you got an idea? Or <laughs> just play a shuffle. Sure. Norm's favorite. Okay. Shuffle. Let's do a shuffle. <laughs> A one. Are we are we gonna pick a key or one, two, uh, you start it? You start B one. Flat? All right, all right. Thank you. 
Fuzz tones, man. This is the way a guitar is supposed to sound. You know, guitar don't need any of that crap. You know, I mean, you know. Listen, for there, there's a reason to use a fuzz tone here and there. The man, you know, when everybody started using fuzz tones on everything, I was kind of going, you know, listen, satisfaction and all that, great, you know. But you yeah, know, you enough the, is enough. The you know? maestro fuzz. That's that's yeah. the real answer. Yeah. That's right. what yeah. satisfaction. Is. Yeah. Maestro. Right. That's the fuzz. I shouldn't have said that because now they'll be even more expensive. Right. But the thing is, is that, you know, in the right place, it's a cool effect. And it's like any yeah. effect that if you use it too much, it ruins it. And I hear all these guys, and every time they're, I hear their guitar sound, it just sounds like uh, an angry bee. And then when you hear these guys playing with a straight-ahead guitar into an amp, no effects, just... Good tone and good notes. Well, and good it, guitars. You know, it, it was Tom. Tom Waits used to say, you know, every once in a while, if if it was too clean, you know, mm. he'd say, "Make it sound. Give me that electrocuted cat sound." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that's love when that. you need the old maestro fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, again, I am so honored to have these guys, um, two of the greatest players. Um, Smokey from uh, New York now. And where are you playing in New York? How, how? I play every week at a place called Sonny's Bar in Red Hook, Brooklyn. I have a great little uh, Western swing. Uh, well, it's a trio and me, fiddle, bass, and drums, Super. and myself. That would make it a quartet. That makes it a quartet. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes we, we, there's a lot of cool musicians pop in, you know, sometimes LA I guys. Bet. Kirk, if you're in oh, New York man, on a Wednesday night, you got to come down to Brooklyn. And wow. The, the cool thing is we have a, a it's a pretty loose joint, and there's a lot of uh, dancing. So oh, that's playing really for cool. dancers is a whole other. Deal you know what? That's that's how you know people are digging it when you mm. know when you playing and people are kind of you know half of them can't even clap in time and stuff. <laughs> you know when you see people dancing, yeah. you know that that's what the music was. You know all those um, for, yeah. mm -hmm. barrel house places and all the you know the places that had the jukeboxes back in the day and people were up and dancing. You know they're having a good time. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like you know I always say you know at the jazz clubs the people clap politely and they're not even sure if it's good or bad when yeah. they're dancing. And you know that it's good. You and know, there's, so. there's, in general, there's always a shortage of men who are willing to dance. So yeah. if you're a, 
you know, a man out there and you want to have a good time, come to Sonny's and dance. <laughs> Meet some I nice guarantee ladies. you'll have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll make sure of it. That's yeah. my job. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna do the hookup? You know, are you gonna set them up or no? How late well, do you play? We uh, we play till midnight. Oh, okay. Uh, sometimes we go a little over, but yeah, yeah we play from like nine to midnight. So, and you will be going to New York kind of yeah, soon. I'm playing but... Iridium um, in October third. I won't be back yet. The sixteenth is my next first time. gig back. Yeah, so. Next time, for yeah, sure. You're time. waiting for the crap weather. You want to go back? <laughs> <in this show? laughs> right. I'm trying to be something. I love New York. I'm an East Coast guy. I'm from Philly, but what, what the hell? You I know? think the summer's worse than the winter myself. Yeah. Uh, the summer right. in New York is brutal. Oh, yeah. Well, you got humidity now, <laughs> yeah, too, yeah. right? And yeah. rain. So, yeah. Well, I just want to say it's my honor having these guys, and thank you guys for doing this podcast. And, uh, you know, check it out. Um, you, you can hear it like you're hearing it right now, and then you can see it if you'd like to see it the following week on the next Tuesday exclusively on the All Guitar Network. And I thank my buddies Dylan and Mark Rivette, you know, for making this all happen. And, uh, you know, I'm so excited to be able to do this because I really get a chance to kind of spend a little time with my old friends and kind of, you know, really get into it and and really get to hear some great playing and just the stories and the history and all that. And, you know, talking about the people, you know, getting some of these young people to be hip to some of these uh, people that are no longer with us. Yeah, and and there's still a few that are left that are like James Gadsden and oh, man. Man. we got to go, you know, check them out while they're with us because yeah. they're, they're really great. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, once again, the great Smokey Hormel. Kirk Fletcher, thank you for listening to the podcast, and we'll see you at the All Guitar Network the following week. Thank you.